actually listen to the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCubicalist. Today, my friends, is going to go quickly for the reason that uh, the missus is uh, getting off early, therefore home early, therefore I'd like to be done by the time she is home. So, with that in mind, I'm really going to try to stick to my timer, which uh, I very infrequently uh, am able to do. Well, I, I suppose I could just stop talking when the time is up, but that's not what I do. That is not what I do. Last episode being very strongly evidenced in that it was like 45 minutes long where it should have been a half hour, you know, maximum. So, damn that time and talking. Well, we're going to see if we can not do that this time. Uh, things at the top of the show that I have to say that I always say, but going to say quickly this time, is that there will be spoilers, most likely, and definitely, this is your one and only warning of them. Well, probably, definitely. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that, if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. <laughs> I couldn't even say that with a straight face. This is audio only. You'll have to take my sort of word for it that my face was not straight. I think, without further ado, I will push a button and that will take us away thusly. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to review some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Miffed Maxwell House Extreme Dry Roast Coffee. Thank you, you lovely, lovely sponsor. I have three, and only three, movies, which means the potential that I get through them is slightly higher than if I had more. Uh, movie the first, Mad Max, colon, Fury Road. Yeah. Been dying to see this. Basically, I don't think I heard anything bad about this movie, and I could see why after watching it, that uh, that happened. The not bad thing hearing thing happened. Uh, just an incredible movie. Uh, <laughs> I don't think... This is kind of funny, actually, now that I think about it. I don't think on a podcast such as this where I speak of movies, I've ever used the word on the edge of your seat, uh, which is perhaps surprising and perhaps good that I've never sort of fallen to that old kind of tried-and-true uh, cashism. Is that right? That might not be right. Anyways, um, this movie had me on the edge of my seat for like the entire thing, just about, which uh, is impressive. Very, very tense. Uh, something that I probably have said before, and this definitely falls into that category. This is, a, for me anyways, a sweaty hands movie. I, I, I find that I'm, I'm so sort of nervous about what's going to happen that my hands are sweating, which uh, sounds unpleasant. But, uh, you know, you're watching movies to experience different things, be it quite often in my case, laughs. Uh, in this particular case, uh, excitement that I don't have in my 
regular day-to-day life of data maintenance. Surprise, surprise, the life of a data maintainer is not uh, as exciting as living in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Wow. Uh, Watch this one with a missus. (laughs) She said within five minutes of the movie starting, she said, this is the weirdest movie I've ever seen. Uh, At the end of the movie, she kind of, uh, I guess, unsurprisingly said, that was the weirdest movie I ever saw. Uh, And the surprising thing is her saying those two things and then on top of it saying she actually liked it, I was sort of blown away. Uh, I was kind of a little surprised that she showed any desire to watch this movie, but uh, she did. She she kind of prefaced it by saying, uh, okay, I'll I'll watch it, but uh, don't get mad if I fall asleep. And I I think if there's ever a movie that would be impossible to fall asleep due to its high, high severity of non-stop excitement, it is Mad Max. Five out of five, hands down, great movie, loved it. Okay, moving on to uh, The Wizard. Ah, an oldie, but a goodie. Uh, The missus and I also watched this because I mentioned uh, my like of it from back in the day. Came out in 1989, so I was, what, eight years old? Is my math right there? Maybe, may not be, I don't know. Uh, And then she mentioned, again, surprised me by saying uh, it used to be one of her favorite movies back in the day. Which was surprising because she is not uh, into the video games, which I suppose, uh, although that's a theme of this movie, it's not an overriding theme. Uh, (laughs) One thing I remember saying to her while watching this is, uh, or saying or asking is, is this movie any different when you are uh, watching it sitting beside someone who knows all the video games? Like, I surprised she didn't tell me to shut up but uh, over the course of the movie I would point out the games give her little tidbits about the games of my times playing the games that were played in this movie that sort of thing and she never told me to shut up so you know kudos to her for that yay Uh, if you are unfamiliar with this uh, film stars uh, Kevin Arnold aka what the hell is his name Fred Savage Uh, as a uh, brother of a kid who's um, a little slow, let's say, uh, who wants to go to California to do something, which I'm not going to give away, Uh uh, and then ends up competing in a video game tournament because he's sort of a, uh, I guess what you would say is an idiot savant when it comes to playing video games. So that's the sort of backdrop, and they're making their way across country in order to do this. And that's your your sort of bittersweet story that uh, I didn't this time shed a tear, but uh, I'm sure when I watched this as a kid, uh, maybe I did, because it's, it's sort of a happy sadness. It's a happy sadness. Uh, definitely give this movie a four. I, I don't think I'm going to get it a five. Um, maybe some of that four comes from nostalgia. I'm not quite sure. Excuse me. Uh, okay. Oh, shit. Okay, well, we're out of time, so I don't have time to talk about Frankenstein's Army, which gets a, let's say, 2 out of 5. Damn it. Television Talk. Today's Television Talk sponsor is the Girl Next Door Beauty Salon. 
Hmm, interesting. Okay, I'm uh, going to do something in this television talk, which I have never done before. Uh, it is talk of television that I have done before, but uh, not of any specific show. Uh, what I've done is sort of uh, came up with a topic that I thought I could ramble on about, hopefully, for these five or so minutes. Uh, the topic is sort of came about because, uh, as I mentioned in a somewhat recent episode i'm watching wkrp in cincinnati uh that show features among other things uh two women one a sort of super glamorous girl uh by the name of oh i didn't write down her name uh jennifer jennifer i can't remember her last name but it doesn't matter she's played by lonnie anderson and she's sort of like this a super sexualized uh, as they would probably term it, hot blonde, um, oozing with the sort of female appeal. Uh, maybe put that in quotes. And then uh, another girl by the name of Bailey Quarters, which uh, is sort of girl next door type, uh, definitely kind of higher on the nerdy scale, uh, girl in glasses. You got your typical sort of. Uh, uh, a blonde brunette dichotomy going uh, and this reminded me as I'm sure it will you very much so of uh, Ginger and Marianne from Gilligan's Island uh, and I tried to think of other examples of this because I know they're out there uh, I couldn't sort of readily think of them off the top of my head the only other one I've got written down here is uh, Betty Rubble and uh, Wilma Flintstone uh, yeah we'll count that you got a, a you know fiery redhead and uh, the, the girl next door, literally, in the form of the brunette Betty Rubble. <laughs> uh, I can't believe I'm using that as an example, but I did. That just happened. Okay, so uh, my, my sort of thought along this line, uh, and I want to know from you, the listener, if you are like me at all, in the fact that uh, I go for more the, the not... The quote-unquote hot blonde, the not, uh, in the case of Ginger from Gilligan's Island, the not sort of oozing in sexuality. Uh, <laughs> I, I suppose, <laughs> I don't think you really say that uh, Betty Rubble's oozing in sexuality, but she's not literally the, the brunette girl-next-door type. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, so things I kind of want to hear from you are... Um, I assume there's other people like myself. That uh, that Marianne and Ginger arguments has been going on forever. Uh, the exact same argument can be made with Bailey Quarters and uh, Jennifer Marlowe. I think her name is. Ooh, that's a good poll if it is. And uh, why, if you do, go for that girl. For me, I think it's a combination of many things. Uh, and I think some way I can illustrate this is my last trip to the strip club, which I believe was on my bachelor party. Man, that's been a long time. need to go back there one of these days. Uh, anyways, uh, got, a, uh, got a dance from a, uh, what do you say, stripper of the private variety. And one of the things that's, on the rare occasions, I will specify this in case the missus listens to this, on the rare occasions that I have been to a strip club, usually for a bachelor uh, Niagara Falls trip or of some sort, uh, and have gotten a, a private dance, what I always ask for the first question out of my mouth is, uh, so, what are, you, uh, what are you reading now? What, uh, what do you like to read? 
and then uh, sort of let flow what may from there. So what I remember is rather than choose this sort of uh, giant boobed, hot blonde, um, presumably but not guaranteed not smart person, uh, I chose instead another who sort of we ended up while getting a lot of dance talking of books. So that's sort of my thought there. That uh, with a with a that's sort of my overlying underlying thought here is that with a nerdy girl next door more than one layer type you can get both the the beauty and the looks as well as uh, someone to talk to about things that can make your mind um, expand along with other parts of the body if you know what I'm saying uh, uh, The Misses for example falls into that category I would say huh? see covering my ass in case she listens to this lovely Conan the Librarian Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Book Banter Today's Book Banter sponsor is Fight Club This uh, sponsor gave me an invitation to their club uh, and even though I showed up a little late and missed the initial couple of rules, I, I just kind of wanted to say that Fight Club is a lot of fun. Uh, f- I would highly recommend Fight Club. Uh, to anyone who asks, Fight Club is really, really fun. Okay, today's book banter book is, perhaps you have guessed, you smart, smart cookie you, Fight Club by Chuck uh, I knew I was going to get his last name wrong, potentially. Maybe I'll get it right. Fingers crossed. Pahalinuk. Uh, I don't... To be fair, I don't think I've ever heard it said out loud. And that's the problem with a last name like this. Uh, P-A-L-A-H-N-I-U-K. Lovely. Uh, okay, so I uh, came across this book and decided that I would read it because I had heard through the great fine over the years that it was a good book. I think I had a friend who read it, like, way back when. Um, and I am glad I have done so. Uh, Rating-wise, just so I don't forget, as I do from time to time, uh, I'd probably go a solid 4 out of 5. Yeah, it didn't knock my socks off. Uh, better than the movie, I would say. Yeah, I would, that, I would say that's safe to say, and that is usually safe to say, so that's why I safely say it. Um, there are there are differences, which is, I think, part of the fun of reading the book and watching the movie is spotting some of the differences, seeing where uh, the movie makers and the book writers sort of varied, uh, because they're sort of trying to complete different tasks, I think. Uh, a lot of what's taking place uh, in your brain while reading a book is going to differ from what you're sort of passively watching on a screen. So two, two totally different ways of coming about a similar subject, that subject being, of course, um, a guy by the name of, well, what is his name? I guess that is the question, isn't it? Uh, this is a potentially big spoiler if you've not read the book. And if you haven't seen the movie, you've, it's been a long time, my, my friends, 
I don't know why I said that. It's been a long time since the movie came out, so spoiling the ending, even though it's a very spoilery movie, uh, I can potentially feel bad about, but I think you've had enough warning. Uh, the, the main character is, in fact, a multiple personality. So he has a friend by the name of Tyler Durden, who, turns out, is actually him. What? Uh, basically, he's an uh, insomniac, and when he, quote-unquote, falls asleep at night, uh, this person takes over and starts doing some pretty crazy things in the form of uh, civil unrest, I, th I think is a somewhat good way to boil it down. Basically, he's trying to fight against the man, and... Um, is using knowledge that it's never really explained explained where this knowledge came about or how it came about like he knows how to make uh explosives he knows how to break uh, break through locks and he kn he knows also sorts of things like that how to uh create a television that will explode uh, i don't know all, all sorts of strange things and and that was one of my questions that was never uh, was never answered throughout was how does he have all this knowledge is it potentially that he falls asleep uh, this Tyler Durden character wakes up and then starts studying I suppose that's a possibility but it's a strange one uh, I guess now that there was uh, there is now an internet it would be more easily explained how he got his hand on all this sort of material of the uh, explosive making variety but uh, this book takes place in 1996 at least that's when it was written so uh, what he's going to the library uh, at two o'clock in the morning and taking out books on how to make bombs first off I don't think the library's open that late second off that sort of thing is gonna put him on watch lists so I uh, recommend the book and recommend the movie both to you I do Today's game, Gavin sponsor, is Space Nazi Ice Cream, where the Neapolitan is, of course, vanilla, vanilla, and vanilla. Okay, uh, going to be talking about the video game Wolfenstein, colon, The New Order. I loved this game. Five out of five. End of discussion. <laughs> no, that's silly. Uh, sort of was biding my time to get this game just for the reason that uh, people whose opinion I trusted uh, mostly on YouTube I would say uh, I heard that they very much like this and their talks of it made me want to get it uh, a lot of the themes of them talking about it had to do with this is kind of a I don't know if old school is quite the right word but classic in the sense that it's over the top ridiculous in some aspects, it, 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 it's not uh, Saints Row ridiculous, but it's, it's pushing boundaries. For example, and this is probably the prime example, uh, there is a scene or, or, or chapter, whatever you want to call it, where you are in space, on the moon, fighting Nazis. So that, my friends, is just what you want to happen at a video game. That's the reason I play video games, is so I can kill fucking Nazis in space. God damn it, that's awesome. Uh, 
it's just oozing with fun. This is, this is one of the, the funnest games I've played in a long time. I, I don't think 100% of video games have to be fun 100% of the time. Like, I, I like things that make you think. Like The Last of Us, example, for example. Uh, an incredible achievement. Not all of that was what you could put quotes around and say it's fun. Uh, a lot of it was, sure. But, but this is... Uh, did I say 5 out of 5? If I didn't, I have just said it again. I mean, if I did, I've just said it again. And now I feel like I've said it too many times. But it's worth mentioning, because it's an awesome game. Uh, one cool little tidbit is that uh, there, were, there was one point where I had the ability to sort of uh, lay down and sleep. Uh, and have a quote-unquote nightmare. Uh, that nightmare that I had took me into, <laughs> this was a very, very smart idea, took me into the original Wolfenstein, which I did play a long, long time ago. Uh, a very long, long time ago. How did I play that? Must have been on an old computer or something. Uh, that's one thing I should sort of thank my uncle uh, about, and that is him getting me into video games. Uncle Dave, thank you. Uh, at a young age, he was a computer guy. Excuse me. Um, I do believe bought me my uh, first Nintendo. Um, and I definitely remember he's the one who uh, gave me Half-Life, which uh, sort of got me into PC gaming. Uh, so actually he gave me both. He gave me PC gaming as well as console gaming. And to this day, I play both. So thanks for that, Uncle Dave. What more to say of uh, Wolfenstein? Uh, there is probably the only negative thing I would have to say about it is that uh, it wasn't short. I, I did beat it in a weekend. Uh, if I had have paid, and this this is the unprofessional video game reviewer in me, if I had have paid $60 for this right when it came out and beat it in a weekend, uh, the unprofessional video game reviewer in me that is of Scottish descent would... Uh, potentially be slightly upset at that fact. Okay? Well, I'm not going to say any more than, than that. Uh, the fact that this was on Steam, and was on a Steam sale, and I got it for a goddamn good price, um, definitely worth every penny that I paid for it. So thank you to Wolfenstein. The New Order. You are the wiener of this game, Gabin. Today's internet intercourse is a triple sponsor. Oh my god. We've got Broom Escape, a Harry Potter themed room escape game. Also, Groom Escape, a bachelorette party themed room escape game. Also, Vroom Escape, a NASCAR themed room escape game. Thank you for your triple sponsorship for the first time in lackadaisical liberal kibbercalist history. A triple sponsor of a segment. Raking in the goddamn dough. Okay, uh, just the two items today. So, keeping it light, but the reason I wanted to just keep these two items uh, in this particular one is because they are two items that uh, happen infrequently. Uh, one of them 
that hasn't happened in a long time and just came back into existence. Uh, one of them hasn't happened in a long time and was no sort of word of its cancellation, but feels like it's just back into existence for a short time again and then will be gone again. Oh boy, why don't I just tell you what the, the name of the movie is? What? Uh, okay, so uh, item of the first is California On, colon, Comic-Con. Yes! I know for a goddamn fact I have spoken of Kasim G on this podcast on numerous occasions. Uh, back when I started this podcast, he used to put out at least one, sometimes more than one, videos a week on his YouTube channel. He seems to not do that anymore, just period. Uh, he will occasionally throw up a video, a, a sort of one-of every once in a while. Uh, I think the reason that he came back for this California on at Comic-Con is because that's where he got most of his uh, YouTube fame, if I had to guess. Uh, that would be my guess, and that is what I am guessing. Uh, the reason I would guess that is because they are friggin' awesome. Uh, a guy who seemingly has a... I don't want to say outright hatred, but... A not great admiration of being at Comic-Con can make it amusing on one hand. On the other hand, you're like, oh man, I'd like to go to Comic-Con. I'd certainly have a good time. But to see someone be there and kind of not be into it is amusing for a sort of juxtaposition uh, thing, I would say, perhaps. Uh, what he does is he'll post one video of his trip to Comic-Con and then uh, several other videos more in-depth of the people he talked to. Uh, so what I'm going to do is talk about those more in-depth ones because he uh, caught up with people who he had uh, met time and time again. Uh, I should mention that this is number seven of his visits to Comic-Con, which is an impressive number. Uh, the first one is the porn star April O'Neil. April O'Neil, which is a pretty genius uh, genius name if you're a Ninja Turtles fan and like porn. Well, she's probably your favorite, if those are two things that you like. Uh, she's, a, she's a little cutie, and seemingly, uh, every time I've heard her talk, which I don't know what, where else I have, I, I've heard her talk on this uh, California on a couple times, but I've heard her somewhere else. Well, she maybe did a Nerdist podcast. Anyways, uh, very, very smart, and I think... In the world of porn, if you are a woman, a woman, uh, and if you are super smart, uh, that's the kind of only way to do it, um, do it, (laughs) Uh, and still be, quote unquote, in the business uh, for many years. So you you sort of figure out a niche, a niche, a niche, a niche. And, um, and and after you're sort of porn performing in front of the camera days are over, maybe you move behind the camera, maybe you've turned it into an empire, and I think April O'Neil is just the sort of person to do that. Oh, similarly so, uh, the next person he talked to, Tanya Tate, uh, Tanya Tate and Kasim G, their interactions with one another are some of my favorite things to see on the interwebs. Uh, so I would recommend that. Uh, I gotta speed up because I'm gonna run out of time. Uh, lastly, he spoke with Jessica Negri, who, uh, awesome interactions, as per usual. Uh, you could potentially say that uh, Kasim G had a hand in making Jessica Negri famous, perhaps. Uh, perhaps it went both ways. 
Uh, one sort of thing I wanted to say on the note of Jessica Negri, and this is a plug for myself, which is very not good to do on your own podcast, I assume. Uh, and that is, if you want to go over to Google and type in nerd... See? Time. Time. And type in Nerd Kane Adventures, what you can do is see pictures of Miss Negri uh, with a certain cane called Nerd Kane that I am the uh, owner of. A cane, which I will take to Fan Expo and things of that nature, uh, get people in cosplay to take their pictures with it, get nerdy people such as, for example, the entire crew of the Starship Enterprise, the next generation, uh, James Kirkles assigned it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, so uh, Google Nerdcane Adventures. You can see what I'm talking about. If you're listening to this, the probability of you liking a thing such as Nerdcane Adventures is very high. I would say. I would. I would hesitate to say, but I didn't, and I said it anyways. Okay. Uh, see time. Uh, the next thing is the flog from Felicia Day, which uh, is a thing she used to do back in the day. Uh, and sort of took a hiatus for, I don't know, maybe a year or so, and has recently decided to bring back, which I'm very excited about because it's it's a, a real sort of quality piece of online entertainment. Uh, this is. It's got laughs. It's got interestingnesses. Uh, she's great. Speaking of Nerdcane, uh, two of my sort of most desired people to get to uh, autograph it are... Of course, Felicia Day, uh, as well as Chris Hardwick. He'd probably be my number one. But Felicia Day, goddamn up there, too, because I'm uh, such a big fan of the stuff she does. Uh, go over to Geek and Sundry on the YouTubes, and you can see all of it, including this, the vlog, in which uh, she did a room escape, which I keep seeing more and more of these things, and keep getting offers of coupons to them on my uh, WagJag emails. So you never know, maybe one day. Uh, on the one hand... I feel like I might potentially be good at it. Uh, on the other hand, uh, I feel like potentially I'd be horrible at it. I don't think I would have a happy medium. I, I think if I were to do one of these room escapes, either I would do amazing or I would do absolutely horrible and not escape at all. Uh, what it is, is, is uh, you're put in a room and you have to, through clues that you find in the room and various scenarios, have to figure out how to get out of said room. Uh, this one had a sort of horror theme to it. Uh, the idea was you were locked in a basement of a serial killer and had to escape before he got home. So, cool idea. Uh, she played this game with Zachary Levi, as well as uh, Seth Green and Claire Grant. Seth Green, a uh, big fan of as well. Uh, someone else whose autograph I would definitely like. It's Seth Green, yeah. Now that we're, we're on the subject... Uh, I had a few more of the flog things to say, but, as you heard, we're already out of time, so I'm out of time, I'm behind the ball, I'm other things that are not good, so I'm going to push this button and we'll stop this podcast, basically, I think I just fucked up. That is fucking real, real piece of work, Jordan. You get right to the end, and then you fuck it up. <sighs> anyway, since I fucked up the timer and have slightly more seconds to talk about because it's hard to find right where I left off, uh, I could say uh, the Felicia does something called Trio Mio, which is basically just she just takes three things uh, she, I guess, stumbled upon on the interwebs and then talks about them. 
something about things and threes is appeasing to the human brain. Uh, the three things she talked about, and if I run out of time, that's it. Uh, we're not going to get to them. The first one is Darkest Dungeon, which is, is a game I actually saw on Steam. Uh, it looked like fun. Uh, next one was a webcomic called Nimona, which looked kind of uh, Adventure Timey uh, in the way it sort of looked. Its visual style looked like the characters look a little Adventure Timey, but strung out a little bit. Uh, interesting, per per perhaps from what I recall, slightly more aimed at a female audience. Maybe I'm making that up and misremembering it. Uh, lastly was something called Bag of Dicks. Bag of Dicks. This I'd actually heard of before. Uh, and what it is is uh, gummy bears, but they're not bears. You know what they are? <laughs> they're not gummy worms either. You know you, you know what they are? They're dicks. They're, they're gummy, gummy dicks. Which, haven't we all been there before? Guys, you know what I'm talking about? Bit of a gummy dick. Oh boy, I can't believe we're going to end on gummy dicks. But, sometimes, you got to put your end on a gummy dick. Which, of course, will leave one final thing to say. Which is always the final thing to say. Which is, of course, it is nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email. Jordan.Maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper